0: good evening everyone this is our special halloween extravaganza i hope everyone is enjoying the season and we have all three of us here to gang discuss halloween ends i got mike how's it going mike
1: uh i am well what's up mike what's up jeff great to be here for the uh annual biannual uh three-way of our the halloween movie <laughs> discussion Uh, We did it with uh, the prior film, Halloween Kills, Um, and I am not completely sure if we did it for the first one or not, or if Jeff was even on board in 2018. I don't think he was. I think that was before Jeff's time, actually. Yes, before your time,
2: Jeff. Yeah. yeah. It it was, but like in... uh... Sort of in the spirit of like that movie and rebooting and everything, uh, my first Necromaniacs episode, Mike and I covered Halloween 2018. So Mike covered up with the, the both of us, but individually. Uh,
1: Excellent.
0: Yeah, Good memory. Yeah.
2: Good
1: memory.
0: I, yeah. I had some, uh, a change of heart, I think, about how the first, uh, you know, first of this trilogy is mm-hmm. uh, David Gordon Green trilogy. So I think it, uh, some months had gone by or maybe a year. And then Jeff and I like reconvened on this thing and I had some, some thoughts, some additional thoughts
2: so yeah
1: yeah (laughs) but yeah good to be here uh this is the halloween episode so we hope uh you're gonna enjoy it um and jeff is good to see you jeff good to see you man it's been uh what's since december last time i've seen you yes the uh the year-end wrap-up which we will obviously be doing again for you kids out there um and it's been a fucking year and a half for horror, as I've said on the show many times, so much so having trouble keeping up with it. But looking yeah. at the, the list of all of our back episodes of like the last, say, three, four months, I mean, we've hit so many 2022 movies, uh, probably the most of the current year in the history of the podcast, I, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that, that sounds about right. Uh, it's been a really good year for horror. Uh, it's doing well at the box office. Uh, doing well on streaming. Shudder seems to have really stepped up uh, their content. I hate to use that word, but yes. I, I, Shudder Original used to be a, a no-go zone for me, and I feel like now I watch almost all of them.
1: Yeah, same here. Uh, I actually uh, I, I caught a little bit of the new Joe Bob, uh, the Halloween edition last night, which was uh, really cool. I got to hunker down and watch the whole thing. Did you yeah. catch it, Mike? I saw half of it and then I had a uh a
0: interruption that I had to deal with and I didn't catch the second half of the mm-hmm. uh, of the uh the show, but I am gonna watch the rest of it uh later. Or probably later this weekend.
1: Yeah, we uh we love Joe Bob. Uh such a fun show. I mean, probably one of my one of my main reasons for having Shudder at this point, even though I do enjoy everything else. Um wanted to say uh we covered, you know, uh dark glasses, Mr. Hill, uh yeah. the other week on a podcast. Everyone. And, and well, it appears not such a good one for a lot of the listeners, according to our Instagram. I feel oh, like really? uh, I feel like we may have enjoyed it a little more than quite a few other people.
0: I don't eh, know. You know <laughs> a, a, yeah,
1: hey man, this is
2: art, you know. It's like That's right.
0: it's not a it's a totally a objective, well subjective.
2: Yes. I think that movie needs to be judged on a scale, like a, a Dario Argento scale, where like mm-hmm. he hasn't really and you guys talked about it. He hasn't really made a good movie in a while. So, to make this, which is, you know, it's not perfect, but it's good. Yeah. And it's and to see something by Dario Gento that is good is is a win, I think.
1: Yes. That's towards the end of the episode. That's what I said. I said, if you just hold, you can't hold this up to Tenebrae, Suspiria, Deep Red. You just can't do it. It's 50 yeah. years, 40 years. It's, you know. And, and uh, although some people say even holding it up to now, it's not that great either. But for me, coming <laughs> from Argento, yes, it's still good and still enjoyable. But also, yeah. I want to add too that
0: even the genre itself, like Giallo, you have to step into that world to really mm-hmm. enjoy the movies. You know what I mean? Like regardless of what the um, you know the, what, what directors do in those films, there's like a style, and you have to appreciate the style, and mm-hmm. you have to put yourself in that world. Yeah. And if you're, if you're not into that style of film, then you're going to be sort of predisposed to not like it anyway, you know?
2: I, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and it, even if you look at his earlier films, I mean, mm-hmm. there could be an argument to say, well, they're, they're technically not great, like story-wise. They don't really make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But it, it, like Mike said, you sort of step into this world and you sort of accept it on its own terms. And uh, I, the same thing with with his new one. Maybe that's what I liked about it. You know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a return to form for him.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, listeners, there might be some new listeners here. Uh, what we do at the top of the show is we run down our plugs, right, Mister Hill?
0: That's right. That's right. So let's uh, let's kick that off. On Monday, we have Horror Wolf Six Six Six, a fellow horror podcast hosted by Brandon Legion. And I, on his show, you'll hear interviews with uh, film luminaries, you know, filmmakers, <laughs> actors, you know, people involved in creating horror films, new and old, up and comers and old timers.
1: On Tuesday, your number one source for all things metal, extreme metal, to be precise, uh, Jackie Smith's Into the Necrosphere. Be sure to check out that hot crossover episode uh, featuring me and Mister Hell uh discussing along with Jackie our top 6 black metal records of the 90s hope you guys enjoyed that one on Wednesday we have the mothership the one that launched it all mike hill's very own everything went black podcast on Thursday you're listening to it right now of course the necromaniacs podcast be sure and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening and on Friday We have none other than my very own flesh and blood, John Draper himself with Break the Apocalypse. And on Sunday, the Lord's Day, Carl Hikara's (laughs) Saul Knox podcast. My middle name is Carl. I don't know why I had trouble with that, Carl, guys. Can you explain that? I I never knew that, Mike. I didn't know your middle name was Carl. My middle name is Carl.
2: I didn't know that either.
1: You guys just learned something today and so did the listeners. It's not um, it's not like uh, it's not like Carlo, you know like no.
0: that, It's not like Michele Carlo Scondado or anything like that. Well, oh, no. that'd be perfect. <laughs> it is
1: I mean technically it's short for Carmelo but it was named for my grandfather Carmelo Scondado, but people called him Carl but on my birth certificate it's just Carl not Carmelo. Uh, I have a nephew named Carmelo though.
0: Yeah, I was so going to say eat- I was I was aware of that, definitely. Yes,
1: we've kept the name in the family, but yeah, my middle name is Carl. Um, for that little sidebar on the scandalo family. <laughs> uh yeah, so we've got you covered six of the seven days a week on Saturday. Just chill out, go outside, you know, do some shit, right? I mean, come on, we, you can't listen to the seven days a week. Come on. We,
0: we give everyone a break on Saturdays.
1: Yeah, take a break, take yeah. a break. So, yeah, that is your apocalypse podcast gang your gang your necro gang your you know cool guy you got to check all these podcasts out list absolutely hell yeah so before
0: uh we get going anyone watch anything interesting over the last couple weeks or check anything out
2: yeah actually uh i just watched the new vhs film on shutter vhs 99 Mm. any of you guys catch that yet no, it's
1: on my, my short list. It looks good. It, it, it has to be better than that prior one, which was god-awful.
2: It is. Uh, it, it doesn't get off to the best start. Uh, the, the the Why they chose the the story to go first, that, that they have first, is, is truly baffling. It's not good. Uh, but it really picks up steam as, as it goes along. And uh, it kind of leans heavier into the comedic side of, of the VHS series, a little more tongue-in-cheek. Um. But, you know, it's enjoyable. It's, it's October. It's Halloween. And those looking for, like, a fun kind of horror movie, uh, you could do a lot worse. So I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Yeah, I got to check that out. I, I always try to watch all those VHS uh, entries. And, I mean, I, I, uh, I kind of I chastised myself. I watched something on Shudder TV last night that I t- didn't write the name of it down. Uh, but it was a Korean found footage movie. Hmm. Uh, about it. it had the word asylum in it. Uh, I horror. don't know, uh, but you know, found footage is sort of at this point like you know, like, what more can you do with it? And this doesn't really reinvent the genre, but it's it's actually spooky and scary, which is I can't really say that for a, a, a lot of horror movies now. Um, I wish I knew the name, <laughs> but I recommend it if you want. Just you know, search if you search Shutter for you know a minute or two, you'll find it. Let me ask you something. Was it something that just,
1: okay, Shudder does this thing where shit just comes on? Was it one of those that just came on and you left it on
2: because it was cool? Yeah, we were like scrolling for something to, to watch. We're like, oh, let's see what's on Shudder. And we turned it on. And yeah, that that's what was on. And we were mm. like, yeah, okay, sure. We'll watch this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very cool. Uh, well, last night, folks, I saw Terrifier 2 in the theater. Uh, don't worry, listeners, uh, it's going to get its own, uh, episode, but I just want to say a little bit about it. Uh, saw it on a Friday, about like 5.30. Uh, it was pretty full theater for 5.30 on a Friday. Uh, it was pretty much me, one other metalhead looking guy, and a bunch of teenagers watching this movie, and it is out of fucking control. Uh, a lot of fun, really, really gory, uh, a little long. Two hours and 20 minutes, but I'm gonna say it's not like it like dragged dragged. You are kind of glued to this movie, let's be honest. Uh th- there's not a lot of time wasted. Uh, I will say the the hype is real and the rumors are true on this one.
0: Yes, right on, on this film as well. And uh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna cover this whole thing in depth. But I I, I you know I, I agree with Mike and I actually pre-ordered the Blu-ray. So oh,
1: very I'm cool. To
0: getting a physical copy.
1: Yeah, I, I'm almost there with that one. Uh, I kind of want to get uh, the first one as well. Uh, I I mean, we loved, uh Terrifier 1. We covered it on the show. We sang its praises. And I feel like we, we you know, every now and again, we would just say, well, Terrifier 2 is coming, right? <laughs> like we would just yeah. say like, you know, it's got to be coming at some point. Um, and it is here and it is made over, I believe, $4 million at the box office, which is uh, unbelievable. For a movie like this, um, you know, uh, yeah, see it in the theater. If you have the stomach for it, Uh, I'll say a good portion of our listeners would like this. But if you are, I don't know, if you can't hang with, say, the maniacs of the world, you might not be able to hang with this. I got some maniac vibes in this particular terrifying. Hmm.
0: Oh, yeah, there's a whole I have a whole list here. I already started putting my notes together for this one. And there's gotcha. a ton, ton of things to discuss about references and mm-hmm. influences, but also still very unique and original. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they, they've they caught on to something, uh, you know, and, and they've captured something. And obviously it has struck a nerve. It's, it's struck a way bigger nerve than I ever thought it would, to be honest, actually. Uh, Jeff, did hmm. you see? What did you think of the first Terrifier?
2: I've never seen it, um, ah. uh, but I gotta say, uh, the love you guys have for it has uh, convinced me too, that uh, that this is something I need to check out. When I first heard about it, you know, I was like, "What is this juggalo shit?" <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> enough people uh, whose opinion I uh, respect have told me, "No, no, it's it, it's good," and literally everyone I talked to uh, about Terrifier too. So I've had a few friends. Text me to see if I've seen it yet. And they're like, Oh, it's it's great. It's a little long. I've heard mm-hmm. that from pretty much everyone. But mm-hmm. uh so you all have convinced me that uh yeah. I should be what I should watch these.
1: See the first one. Do not always judge uh a book by its cover. It is yeah. uh not a juggalo film. <laughs> uh there's <is> no <laughs> hip hop, there's no bad hip hop in this movie. Um yeah, it's a it's a filthy little horror movie. That that's that's the best. I could say about the terror terrorized uh, terrifier franchise,
2: you know. I remember Mike Hill, you and I discussed it when we did our 10 favorite films of uh you know the 2010s. And yeah. and Mike, you called it, I think, unapolog- unapologetically mean spirited. The mm. first one for sure, man. And like
0: once again, even even the difference between the first and the second one is like like eons of improvement. You know what I mean, there's like a huge up like stepping up of a whole game in the second one too. So even if you like are dubious about the first one after you watch it, do not let that deter you from checking out the second one. Cause you you should watch both of them, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Uh
1: yeah. So aside from that, I uh am checking out uh let the right one in on uh Showtime. Oh, okay. Was, saw episode two. I I am on board. I mean it. Few things I'm a little, a little fuzzy about, but
2: that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh
1: all in due time. But uh I definitely recommend it for the
2: listeners. Mike Hill, you're watching that as well, aren't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I I um
0: the first episode I thought was good. The second one like definitely hooked me in. And then I haven't watched episode three yet, which just came out today or yesterday
1: or something. Yeah, me like that. neither. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh yeah, but I, I'm really, really interested to see where they go with it, you know. God, who would have thought? Seeing that sh- that movie, I saw the original in the theater in two thousand eight, and I never thought like uh, there'd be an American remake and uh, a TV show. Uh, really, gotten a lot of mileage out, out of this.
0: Well, well, they they really don't expand on the mythology of that of the for, of the movies and the novel. Really, they just kind of use the idea. Like it's really mm. not connected to it. They kind of run in their going their own direction with it. You know, they're just kind of using the IP as like name recognition, I guess like similar to the war of the worlds, uh, French UK series where they just, right. it's not really anything like the war, the war HGOL's war of the world. They just kind of took that IP and like pushed it in a different direction. So.
2: Interesting. Cause I mean, war of the worlds is a name I would think most people know, whereas let the right one in, uh, not so much.
0: Yeah, but it's definitely oh. catering for horror. And that was like a very big horror film when it came out.
2: That's true. Yeah. Um, Also noted, I liked the American remake. Me too. Uh, Uh, I like both. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I dig both.
0: Yeah. Well, for me, um, I saw Terrifier at 2. I checked out the new uh, American horror story. You know, I thought that was really cool. And I started reading a book that I heard about on another podcast. Really funny title. It's called Autobiography of a Werewolf Hunter. By this guy, Brian P. Easton. And I gotta tell you, it got very the title alone would not have dragged me into it, but the the review that I, that I heard of it was like kind of hit all the right box boxes for me. I started reading it. It's part of a three-book series, a trilogy, I believe they refer to those things as. And uh really good. It's like um Apocalypse Now meets like wolfman or something like that it's like very dark (laughs) very brutal um has this really nihilistic like vibe to it and uh i'm I'm all in on i'll probably read the entire trilogy
1: awesome uh real real quick uh this is going to air before uh the 29th on saturday october 29th yours truly will be at uh crystal lake on Grant street in brooklyn for the Halloween market, I am going to be selling a shit ton of my Black Death and Hardcore vinyl, uh, along with some comic books. So come on out to Crystal Lake on Saturday, October 29th, uh, six forty-seven Grant Street in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. Come on out. That's in uh that's in Williamsburg, right? Grant Street. Yes, it okay. is. I've never been there. I heard it's a cool spot. Um, it's got a great name, Crystal Lake, you know, Crystal Lake Bar. Uh, yeah, man, sounds like it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a bunch of other vendors there, you know, horror, theme, whatnot, Halloween. Uh, yeah, Halloween weekend in good old uh, Brooklyn. I think I might come out to that, hang out,
0: check that out. I, I've been meaning to go go check that place out, and, um, you know, it's Halloween weekend. It might be yeah. cool to, like, swing by and just hang out and do stuff like that.
1: Yeah, the night before, I'll be at the chiller. Uh, unless i don't know if you're going that friday or not but i definitely am going friday the 28th the chiller con in jersey
0: there's been a change of plans oh, yeah. i am i am actually going to be going to philadelphia on on that day mm-hmm. to what to go and see something in the dirt the new oh nice oh. yeah our uh our quality control manager uh, Rennie and I are going to that <laughs> down in uh, down in uh, there's like the Philadelphia Film Film Festival, so we're both going to be attending that.
1: Um, I will refer to Rennie as the fourth Beatle uh, in the <laughs> Necromaniacs podcast at this point,
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, beetle.
1: yes. So, oh, very cool. Enjoy, enjoy.
2: Ah, uh, I'm dying to see that. Uh, I love those guys. Um, little disappointment in that that show they worked on for Marvel, but it wasn't. Turned out to not really be their show. Yeah.
0: They they only directed like a handful of the episodes, I think.
2: Yeah, I think maybe like two or three out of six or seven. Uh, I I never finished it. Uh, I I should probably get around to that someday.
0: All right. So we're getting together today to discuss Halloween Ends. Allegedly, the final chapter in this uh, David Gordon Green, Michael Myers saga. So we got a lot to talk about today.
2: (laughs) yes we do <laughs>
1: um hey a- according to green this is this is his final chapter and this is jamie lee Curtis's final chapter uh the Akkad family has said nah, we're probably going to do something else uh down the line but i believe this does put a cap on you know green's green's involvement 100% and apparently jamie lee Curtis's involvement as well so we'll see if that is the real truth, air quotes, but that is what I literally read yesterday.
0: Let's uh, get some of the particulars covered first before we get into the meat of the episode. So, of course, uh, directed by David Gordy Green, written by Paul Brad Logan, Chris Bernier, Danny McBride, funny man, Danny McBride. Love him. Love him too. Mm -hmm. And David Gordy Green. Released October 1st, 2022 at beyond fest and then october 14th nationally in the united states runtime 111 minutes a little bit long yes so, yeah and uh yeah so I, i'm just going to run down some of the principal cast here too of course we have uh jamie b curtis as laurie strode we have andy matichek as allison laurie's granddaughter and rowan campbell as corey Cunningham. Irish, probably Irish oh, yeah. film, I would say. Yeah, James Jude Courtney as Michael Myers, but Nick Castle reprises his role as Michael Myers' breathing voice.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and then uh, you know, that's just I, I consider those to be the main characters. There's some other people in, in the film too, so but that's kind of focusing around these this core, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah where to begin talking about this (laughs) Uh, um it's kind of hard to avoid uh, the conversations going on about this movie but overall i sense that a lot of people were very unhappy with it um you were sort of promised one thing in the trailers and you got something completely different um although in all the interviews leading up to this movie they're like we're gonna do something different uh you know, so be ready for it. But uh, that's not how it was sold to the public. And uh, the general consensus I, I get is that most people were were kind of angry to borderline hostile towards this movie. Uh, yeah, I, I
1: agree. I, I think that the lack of Michael Myers and the introduction of a new character were two of the biggest things that upset the general public. But it is funny that you said that. Now, now I actually, a, a, as I always do, I kind of stayed away from advanced reading, from press, from articles. But it is interesting that if Green might have literally said, we're going to do something different with this, mm. and no one listened to him, it's a case <laughs> of, we told you who we were. <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> and you didn't listen. But, hey, that doesn't excuse, you know, uh, the lack Of Michael, let's just say that, Um, which again, we'll get to my take, which may not think it's the worst thing. Um, A lot of cries of Friday the 13th part five uh, in the crowd from from this Mm -hmm. movie. Uh, Cries of Christine ripoff in this movie. Like it goes in a lot of directions. However, yes, the general consensus uh, among uh, the majority uh, of the fans is that they were led astray.
2: Right, I don't think it's necessarily bad to take a big swing and try to do something different, but is it any good? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's, I guess, what we'll uh, discuss today. Uh, I think we, everyone listening, knows what we thought of the last two. This has been kind of a weird trilogy, where it, uh, 2018 was, I thought, it was good. I, li- I liked it quite a bit. Me too. It was solid. It was self-contained, and I'm after seeing this, I'm not really sure we need more than one movie. I don't think mm-hmm. we did, uh, did. Two was overly, like, it, it felt like they had no idea for for two, and they just went with fan service. Like, you know, bringing back the nurse who was in a scene in the in the original Halloween. and This everything seemed to be fan service, and they seemed to do an overcorrection with that, with this movie. Um, uh,
1: another thing going around is that they could have flipped this, that this could have been a part two with the introduction of a new character who, spoiler alert, by the way, spoiler alert, Uh, for the listeners, we're, we're going to discuss this, frankly, who doesn't make it. Um, And they could have maybe necessarily wrapped up Michael with that same kind of part two vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It, it seems like to end it on the note that they ended it on with the introduction of the new character and the lack of Michael did not serve well for a, the final chapter. I I almost think people would have had have had a less of a freak out had they done this big swing that they did
2: as the second
1: film. That's what you know. That's one of my thoughts.
2: That's interesting. What
0: one of my 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 issues with this. Well, first of all, I think if they just made the first one and called it a day, I would have been happy. You know what oh, I mean? Me too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The second one, you know, kind of a mess. And this one is um, the thing that I really responded to was, uh, you know, Green was saying, David Gordon Green was saying, "Oh yeah, we're just gonna throw away all the all the canon, everything from from two onward, mm-hmm. and just go in our own direction." But I'm like, really, the reality. This one to me feels like. Halloween 4 and 5. It feels mm. like a pastiche of all these other films. You know, even It. It feels like there's like a little bit of like a Stephen King It vibe in this movie, too. Mm.
2: You
0: know, the way the town is sort of... Um, you know, you have this feeling that there's like this like kind of shadow cast over the whole town as a result of Michael Myers that people are killing themselves. Yes. And, and they kind of like... Um, in It, they kind of... That's sort of the vibe of that town. There's like this... Weird pallor that seems to be permeating that town, and I feel like Haddonfield they, they sort of imply that as well. So there's like a little bit of that, and you know, it just didn't feel very much going in any new direction to me.
2: And there's Honest, yeah,
1: you know, I think what what you just said is one of the better parts of this movie. Is one of the things I liked about this movie was that it showed the effects of that horrible night in 1978, the effects on a town, still 40 years later, it has fucked people up 40 years later, and it has had repercussions. I think that's the general, I think that's part of the general theme of this particular one. Uh, Maybe not even so much part two, but this particular movie uh, that Mr. Cunningham is a creation of the horrible events of 1978 that's i, I like that actually yeah um,
0: yeah no i agree with I that.
2: like it a lot I yeah.
1: yeah i agree I, with uh the car i'm sorry about what you're
2: gonna say jeff no no go. No, no go go I, again it, it, the, the way they, they hmm how should i put this uh this being a, a sequel like the way the town is reacting to, to, to everything really it's just the more I thought about it, the more I, I don't think this movie needed to exist at all because he established in Halloween 2018 Laurie is you know it's been 40 years she's still really traumatized by what happened uh, she's uh, uh, drinking she's got this insane gun collection she's a survivalist and then the, the moment she's been preparing for her whole life happens in the 2018 movie and, and then Halloween kills and then her entire fan like her you know her her daughter uh, gets killed michael myers went on a huge killing spree killed way more people than he did in 78 and now he's just gone and the town is like oh well you know time to get back to normal <laughs> and and lori is the same she's like oh yeah well, you know like yeah just time to live a normal life mm. it it didn't really seem to make a lot of sense like the opening scene takes place in 2019 halloween a year, year after yeah one year after and it just seems like business as usual uh this guy's well, no still isn't out there a there. jump
1: isn't there okay opening scene is 2019 a year yeah. later i believe <laughs> it jumps to 2021 for all the events of halloween ends it I, does I,
2: but yeah in, in that scene it shows people trick or treating and everything and in the 2019 it, it just seems like People were not willing to let go of Michael Myers for forty years. He comes back, kills a lot of people, and now they seem willing to just move on with their lives.
0: Well, I have to disagree with that actually, because there's that one scene where Lori comes out of the uh, out of the supermarket, right? Mm. And after she's talking to the cop, and then she's just smiling, and that lady rolls up to her, and she's like, "What do you, you know? What are you smiling about? Like you're responsible right. for like." My sister, who was your neighbor, being blinded or whatever, and it's mm, like,
1: right? Yeah, I was. So, actually I mean, a good scene. Yeah, you
0: know, so there is there is a feeling of like the, the the sort of consequences of everything that happened in the more recent past, and people still look at Lori as being this like freak because there's there's that um, that scene when those uh, kids are hassling Corey, and mm. Lori Strode kind of steps up and she's like, "You leave that boy alone," you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it's a psycho and a freak show or whatever. Right, so. right, right. But she is kind of like, you know, this somewhat a pariah, I guess, in that town. Still, yes. And and the feeling that I get is that she sort of understands where she exists in the hierarchy of the town. And she's comfortable with it. And that's why she's writing her memoir. And she's healing. And she's got the house with all those white chicks in it, drinking white Zinfandel. And, yeah. you know, like, there's probably some pumpkin spice lattes, like being uh, you know prepared and pumpkin pies, and stuff like yes. that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh,
1: you know, so I think I want to know, like, why did that upset people so? Like, so many people are focusing on the fact that she's she turned into a Karen and blah blah blah. Like, there's just like really a lot there of was, venom. there
0: was there was like I, I I didn't mean it as that. I just think I just get a kick out of like basic like white women. And they're no. things, the things that they like, you know. Right. Like, no, no, like it's like fun. White. Hang on a second, belt. guys. Yeah. yeah,
1: sure. But the, um, but yeah, some of the venom, and I'm calling it venom online, has been like they turned her from a badass to a Karen who's nah. baking and blah, blah, blah. blah. It's like, that. come on. It's just, that's not necessary. I mean, that, that I, that's, that's, that's some fucking
0: neckbeard shit, if mm. you ask me, man. You know what I mean? I yeah. I, I, I didn't see that. She was just like, you, you know. know Whatever she has a house, it's a nice house. The drinking whites in, you know. <laughs> and
1: and what is she supposed to be doing in 2021 from not like, yes, it has been 40 years. Is she supposed to be still this mess of a person? Like, I actually was happy to see her with a, a modicum of happiness in her life. You it know? showed it showed development, you know. Yeah. If if
0: she had just been the same character she was in the last two films, then there would have been like two dimensional. It's like you know, it's like that uh, that criticism people make of bands that make the same album over and over again. It's like the movie has to, like, progress through time, you know?
2: Oh uh, No, I agree with that. I just think it's a weird choice to make her a, a survivalist. And then when something worse happens, she just decides to, to to move on. And then you have the daughter who last, lost her mom and dad, all of her friends, her boyfriend. Mm. And uh, it, it, there's no real impact on on her at all, it feels like she's just sort of living life like this. This didn't happen. I disagree. Uh,
1: yeah, I disagree. Uh, she's a damaged girl. Uh, she's clearly not as over it as she appears to be. Thus, why she falls in love with Corey Cunningham. Mm. Um, they are both, as the Depeche Mode song says, damaged people. Uh, and That made sense to me. And I actually think uh, Andy Manichak was great. Uh, She was probably one of the better parts of this movie, actually, in my opinion. Um, I don't think she's everything's fine. And I didn't really get that vibe from her at all.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with Mike on that because, uh, and and also the way that she falls for Corey is pretty fucking aggressive, man. You know, like she, like, yeah, yeah. Corey, you know, basically a manslaughterer at that point of the story. Mm A guy who actually is a par- another pariah in that town. Yeah. You know, he's he himself is dealing with all that stuff of killing that kid, you know, and all that, you know, whatever, and, and manslaughtering that kid. And as uh, it, immediately when Allison sees him, she's drawn to him, you know, and and comes on pretty strong. You know what I mean? Like she's just like real, real upfront about her interest in him.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I Lori's very drawn to him too, like her mother. Again, it just, I felt that part was a little underdeveloped. If you're going to take a big swing and really make a movie about this kid, I felt like the love story should have developed a little bit more naturally, other than the mom's like, oh, I think you should meet this boy I just met. Uh, You know?
1: Uh, Did you uh, guys catch something? We're going to talk about Corey now. Did you guys catch the very brief, but to me, Really, right there, incest angle with yes. and his mother. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah, that was creepy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, a bit heavy handed when the mom says, you know, uh, bad boys don't get custard for dessert. It, it felt like something well, off But there's the wall. another, it gets, it gets, she, there's the kiss. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The that's kiss, the one that you were talking about. Yeah. And that the father, mm. the father is there. Like, you kind of think the dad is like this normal, cool guy with a crazy wife. No, the dad is nuts, too. And the dad is well aware of the incest, and he lets it happen. Like, the dad is not all there. That was a really interesting touch that I haven't seen a a single person online talk about, actually.
0: Yeah, there was definitely some some cuckoldry vibes going on with the dad. You Know what I mean? Yeah, so,
2: is, yeah. He, is he the dad or the stepdad? I got a stepdad vibe from him. Oh, uh, oh you're right, actually.
0: I think he is the stepdad,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. I got I'm not sure more, more of that vibe from him, but yeah, let's let, let, let's talk about Corey. There's obviously a lot of parallels between him and Michael Myers, and mm-hmm. the, the film isn't really subtle about if Corey Cunningham, Michael Myers, very like the similar as names, the two, um, uh. And they, 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 you know, have him in a mechanic outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they sometimes they, they they photograph him doing things that you've seen Michael Myers doing throughout the series. It's sort of like the, the way he's standing, the way he sits up after getting uh, knocked out. Um, so they really establish that this is going to be the next guy. This guy's going to pick up the mantle, mm-hmm. which I don't think is a bad idea. But again, the way they kind of go about it, uh, it just seemed really haphazard and not fully thought out. Like, we've had three of these movies now. I don't know if Michael Myers is supernatural or not. Sometimes he seems like he is, and sometimes he seems like he's not. I have a question. What
1: What did you both think of the of the opening scene of the film, the introduction of Corey and, and the incident? I actually thought that was fucking great. What What did you think? I
2: loved it. I actually laughed. Out loud, I lol um, when the kids splattered on the floor. Mm. I, I, I was like, this must have been a moment that Dana McBride broke because <laughs> it, yeah, it plays is very darkly comedic. Like, I don't know if I was supposed to laugh, but I did. But it's it's very good. It's shot really well. I like the uh, the, mm-hmm. the camera pointing up the staircase, uh, showing a little bit of that Terrence Malick flair that uh, David Gordon Green was known for in his early early <laughs> films. Uh, I loved it. Uh, if that would have been the movie, it would have been, you know, if it just ended right there, I, I would have loved it. I, you, I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was really cool. Um, yeah. I have some other ideas,
0: though, that w- we can talk about just with Corey's uh, character and that opening scene. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, in one sense, for him to be the parallel to Michael Myers, he had to have taken a human life. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah. So that also figures into his new role and I got to say straight up missed opportunity you know what I mean with Corey really they fucking dropped the ball on this whole thing with him really because it's like you know I I think personally Michael Myers even though he was very much in the background throughout this whole movie should have taken an even further backseat and really set up Corey as like the next
1: sheep. you know what I mean Yeah. Well, let's talk. Look, look, let's be honest. Michael Myers is, is, is a mortal. He's mortal. Uh, I think that has been established. He's mortal man. He is almost 70 years old in this movie. Okay. Mm. He has taken a beating. That is why we're not getting the Superman Michael Myers. Like some people online, like I, some of these things I shake my head at and it's like, Michael Myers is indestructible and, and Michael Myers this, and he shouldn't be doing this. And why is he like a frail person? And, And it's for the reasons I just said,
2: Um, Yeah, because
1: continuity, they've acknowledged his age. They've acknowledged everything that happened in part one and part two. He's on his last fucking legs. The idea of Corey, as Michael said, was a good idea to introduce a new killer, to introduce a new story, new blood. I think ultimately was actually a great idea. But the problem, (laughs) aside from the fact that, okay, spoiler alert, he fucking dies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. is that i think it just could have been handled perhaps a bit better you know full stop
2: agreed uh,
0: and, but you know even though we are acknowledging that myers is a mortal um, a, a mortal a mortal mortal, mortal. Yeah, not immortal not sorry. immortal yeah there's definitely some supernatural elements to it you know what i mean
2: yeah yeah that's what i'm saying yeah like uh the transfer of evil scene i guess we can call it yeah uh mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of establish Michael Myers as this almost Terminator-like thing that can't be reasoned with. There's no thought, there's no motivation. He just kills. But all of a sudden, he sees something in in, in Corey, which seems very out of character that these filmmakers established. He either sees something in him or transfers the evil in him to uh, to, to Corey, which. I mean, that's what I got out of that scene anyway, because Michael doesn't kill him. And then they sort of become a, a duo for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it just seems very out of character for something that can't be reasoned with. Something that, you know what I mean? It's almost like it's the shark in Jaws had a, like, a buddy and became like a mentor to another shark. It's just sort of a silly idea.
1: Mm. I guess. with what
2: they established in the last three movies with the the original halloween and the, and the two before this it, well
0: one of the things i was thinking about during that scene when they you know when he's in the that drain pipe and they lock eyes and then there's this transfer of of uh some kind of transfer of information that goes on between the two of them i had the vibe that the idea of the shape is trans Ported between people, you know, and maybe mm. even maybe it might even have something to do with the mask, too. You know what I mean? And like this film could have been like a transferal of the, the essence of evil, like the shape, like idea from one from Michael Myers to court, you know, and, mm-hmm. but it really that would have been such a home run, I think. But
2: it just fucking
0: they fucked it up though. You know what I'm trying to say?
2: Yeah, maybe at that moment that was should have been when Myers just dies. Yeah. Mm. And Corey is the new shape. And uh, I, I think I would have been more on board with it because like in this movie like Michael Myers is a background character and then they bring him back for this very underwhelming showdown sort of sort of thing. Almost like oh yeah right this is this is a Halloween movie.
0: Like, it, it would have been cool if like his demise was kind of anticlimactic. Like you know, you right. know what I mean? Like for some reason when I saw that scene and, I, and I, this might be ra- very random, but this is maybe because I'm reading all these rereading all these comics right now. Is when he was in the in the drain pipe, the idea of the swamp thing came to me. Where it's like, you know, the swamp thing is like Alec Holland is a person, but then he just dis, dis- disintegrates basically, and the he melds with the essence of you know the green or whatever. You know what mm. I mean? And that's kind of how I feel like maybe the vibe I was getting at that moment was Michael Myers was incorporated into this evil darkness and then his time passed. And then Corey would take on the mantle of this new shape, this new evil essence that this sort of of immortal concept of a, of a nihilistic like killer. You know what I mean? That's how I really felt.
2: That's what I thought was going to happen at that moment. And they just fucking, Mister Dark. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I think I would have been on on board with it. That's how you take a big swing, and and connect. Like okay, maybe not everyone's gonna be on board with it, but it makes sense. Where whereas that you know like again bringing back is Michael Myers supernatural or not? We sh- we show him. It shows the movie uh, in the movie him killing someone and almost doing like a Hulkamania thing. <laughs> like as he's stabbing the guy, like he starts like shaking. And it, it played as is comical to me. And I don't think that was a moment that was supposed to be funny. I
0: mean,
1: he's both, really, you
0: know, but like, he's both yeah. mortal and supernatural,
1: you know. Did either of you find Corey uh sympathetic or annoying? I mean, did you did you like the actor's acting? I mean, you know, I, I've just I, I've just felt like I've seen uh, you know the gamut of what people felt about him. Um As an actor, I I thought he was okay. I mean, maybe not extraordinary, maybe not terrible, kind of just in between. But I felt the addition of his character, like I said, was a a good idea. Although some people have just found him to be an annoying character. What what do you think? I
0: I really liked Corey's character. I thought the actor did a great job. I thought that, uh, yeah, he's definitely a trope. You know, like in a lot of horror films, like the outsider, you know, he wants, he's angry at the world, he's damaged, you know, he's uh, a pariah in some sense. And I thought that's an interesting take on the character. I thought that when him and uh, Allison have this thing of like, let's let's fucking burn the world down, burn this whole, I was like, cool, that's like some, you know, Bonnie and Clyde shit, you know, or something Mm. like that.
1: Natural and, born
0: uh, killers, yeah, natural born killers. Some like sort of like throwback to like the nineties or something, you know. And I was like, wow, this is actually an interesting idea, you know, where one, where Allison, where so many people close to her were murdered by mm-hmm. Michael Myers, and then she's drawn to this guy who is, you know, taking on the essence of the the, the this entity that destroyed her family, basically. So it's really intriguing to me. I wanted yeah.
1: more of that. Like, I wanted more of the that let's burn the world down kind of thing it, it we didn't get a lot of it it was it was rather brief again a good idea a good idea i i maintain that you know uh rowan campbell's Corey should have lived actually uh and that could be its own little you know kind of next chapter but you know the
2: the directors and producers had had other plans what do you think jeff i i yeah, I kind of agree. This movie almost feels boxed in because it's a Halloween movie. Like, if you removed Michael Myers completely from the movie, I think it would be a lot better. Like, just and it's not Halloween. Have it be about this this guy and his, uh, you know, maybe there is like a mentor. The, the the town is under, you know, uh, not a spell, but you know, is affected by the serial killer who existed a long time ago and. And if you just, if, if, you, if you don't have that Halloween box of, of everything you need in a Halloween movie, this would be, it would be more free. You, you know what I mean? Mm.
1: Uh,
2: to, to, to fully explore more ideas, like what Mike was saying, like the Bonnie and Clyde angle. But, you know, you, they keep having to rein it in. And, and oh, yeah, Michael Myers, you know, we, we got to bring him back. This is about a big showdown. And I think it's, it does a disturb us disturb us Jesus Christ, I can't talk today to what I think they're, they, they, they're trying to do. Um, to your point about Corey, I, I didn't think he was an annoying character at all. I thought he uh, very well acted. He's got a lot to do. He, you have to start the movie as this kind of happy-go-lucky nerd and slowly progress into an evil maniac. And I thought he did a really good job. Uh, with with something that felt very rushed. I think that whole story needed more time to develop into something more fleshed out. Yeah.
0: Well, well, once again, I just want to beckon back to comic books. You know what I mean? How, you know, we got some iconic characters that have undergone some major transformations. You know, once again, let's, let's talk about, um, you know, the swamp thing, right? When Alan Moore took over the swamp thing, he kind of like, rework the entire idea of the old swamp thing, like the Bernie Rice version of it. And why couldn't they do that with Michael Myers and The Shape, you know, in Halloween? Uh, I think, like, Green had such an opportunity to create his own mythology around Michael Myers and Halloween, and yet, like what Jeff was saying, he was totally, like, boxed into this, like, this this concept, and originally... He presented this whole experiment as like, oh, yeah, we're just detaching from all the canon and we're making our own our own Halloween Mm -hmm. films. But really, at the end of the day, he just kind of stayed within the framework of Michael Myers Halloween. He borrowed from like, you know, Halloween four and five, basically, you know, which which Halloween was it? I think it was the one that those French guys made where they tried to, like, connect Michael Myers to some ancient, uh, you know, occult sort of thing.
1: Well, the end of four uh, into of four, five right. and six. Five. Really. Yeah, I yeah. mean the end. Yeah, I mean, five yeah and six. it's like uh, that, that crazy ending. Uh, actually, it's the crazy ending of five. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. five and six. Five and six, right? Um, but Mike, wouldn't you agree though that the addition of 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 uh, Corey is the is the the mild Alan Moore swamp? Like it's yeah, he's definitely trying. He's no, no, trying no. to you know. He did uh, great. He did great work by doing that. You know, I thought that was a I was stoked
0: when I saw that you got this kind of outsider character, he's like a new guy, like he's got this like you know, uh romantic interest with Allison, which makes it adds like a lot of complexity to the whole situation. But then he gets fucking killed, or he kills himself
1: rather. Yeah. You know? And it's mm-hmm. like
0: he just fucking ruined like the next three films that
1: you could have made. You know what I mean? <laughs> True. Um, I, I want to talk a bit about. You know ha- how it kind of wraps up and and the parading of the corpse through town um I, it was a little silly but it like i guess that's what you do like i, I think what they wanted to kind of drive home was that we're fucking killing this guy what do you think <laughs> like, oh you know, yeah, like, yeah we're, we're definitely put an
0: end to it you know and and that's yeah
1: of course um yeah
2: it played a little writer, whatever
1: the it. fuck it was a, a, a you know a metal greeter they they threw his body into. It was kind of (laughs) interesting. And then we see some characters from, you know, Halloween 18 and and Halloween Kills and, you know, parading through the streets. And it it was... That was an interesting moment.
0: Uh, Like... Part of me loved when they threw him in that, that crusher or the hell it was that fuck. I don't even know if that thing exists in real, in the real world. It might like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, like when you see his body fold up and his head explode, like I, a you know, part of me, the gore hound in me loved that part. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, you know I, it was fun. You know what I'm saying? It was a fun ending to the movie, but was it, you know, like narratively, like a cool thing to do? I mean, maybe not. I don't know. You know, I'm not going to like harp on it really.
2: No, it it was a little goofy. Uh, for sure, and I, I, that's when there People are talking about how underwhelming the showdown is. I kind of think that's the way to go with this, because if you wanted to see the big Laurie-Michael showdown, when well, you really got that in the 2018 film, yep. that, the, that, that whole showdown with them in the house, and there's no score, and it's real quiet, you can hear every creak of the floorboard, it is so well done. It's going to be hard to top. So, a, a quick little like fight between the two of them made sense to me. It was anticlimactic, and I think it was purposely that way. You
1: know, it's funny, I found an article. Uh, uh, as we've talked about the Halloween movies over the years, I have mentioned uh, Halloween 2 from 1981 about how m- making, uh, you know, Lori his sister gave Michael purpose. And sure enough, I found a new article. Where a writer felt the same way and was like, as much as John Carpenter hated that, as much as he hated Halloween Two, and as much as blah 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 and this and that, I still think this was a pretty good idea, and they they, they it might have helped Halloween uh, Kills. What are your thoughts on that?
2: I I don't dis fully disagree with that. That like because um, uh, this this series really tried hard to get Laurie and Michael together, but with no motivation. Uh, For Michael, like, how do you do that? And it it was it was kind of like you know in the first movie that the, the doctor goes crazy and tries to bring Michael to her, and it was really really stupid. So I am um, not completely against the idea of them being related. A little motivation to his madness may, maybe isn't a bad thing. Right. But I also understand the decision to to go their own way and and, mm-hmm. and not not do that. Uh, uh, Michael, what do you think? I think uh, that I think th- that
0: Lori being his sister really kind of like gave a logic to the whole uh, juggernaut of Michael Myers, mm. really. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in my version, that this 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 trilogy should have should have taken the path it should have taken. It w- wouldn't would necessarily been necessary. Well, no, it still would have been necessary for them to be uh, brother and sister because they once again it gives him sort of a logical purpose
1: instead of just 40 years later needing to kill that girl that I kept seeing, you know what I'm saying? Let's be honest. That's what it is. That's yeah. who she is. She's yeah, that girl true. that he saw that he became like fixated on and their paths crawl. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, and I'll never for the life of me for the rest of my life, understand why John Carpenter thinks part two is so whack and having them Related was the worst idea ever. When Wasn't it his up, idea? No. Yes, it was. That's the funniest <laughs> yeah. part. Yes, but he he regret like no, but he regrets it. He hates it. It was a mistake. Yes, it actually was his idea, from what I understand. So isn't it's wild? It's, it's so strange. Uh, but getting back to the ending of uh, Halloween uh, Kills, okay. I did like the very very end because it uh, replicates the very end of Halloween 1978 with the house and, and the, the scenes of the house, right? And it's just the rooms and, you know, the music. And I really liked the inclusion of Laurie keeping the mask. And it's sitting there. And it's a nice question mark. Why did you keep the mask? What is it doing there? But to me, look, as much as it, okay, it, yeah, it, leaves the door open a little bit. I mean, Corey's dead, Michael's dead. But to me, it it does make a little sense that her character keeps the mask because of the life she's lived, the character she is. And you know what I'm saying? It's her mask now. And it's her shit. And by her keeping that mask, I think actually makes a lot of sense. What did you guys think?
2: uh, Yeah, totally agree. That's something I would do. Like, (laughs) I I, I can relate to that. You you end up keeping weird keepsakes. A lot of people do it of things like that were traumatic to them. Uh, You like to have some sort of physical reminder. The lore that they established in this seems it seems like something she would do. Mm. So I I did. I didn't have a problem with that. I liked it. It was I agree the ending shot. That was a a cool cool way to wrap it up. Seeing that mask it's still out there. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Evil never truly dies.
0: (laughs) I, I would like to maintain that the, the mask itself should have played more significance in the role of the quote, the quote unquote sheep. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, in my mind, like it was, it felt like this movie was developing a really very interesting wrinkle in, in the story of Michael Myers. And it just, that mask to me should have been like a bigger part of it, you know?
1: I yeah. agree. Um, um, I think she just kept it because like I said, it, it's not like she's going to become a killer or anything. That doesn't no. yeah, happen. right. No. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it was cool, and it, it was something that I think some people who even loathed the film were kind of happy to see at the very end. Uh, you know, <laughs> the one yeah.
0: thing that, uh, that kind of like was was a little, a little hokey was her fake suicide attempt. You know, her fake, her like bait. That was like, I'm like, all right, come on. You know what I mean? Like, was that really that necessary? Could there have be been mm-hmm. a better plot device? You know, to draw yeah. Them I them?
2: didn't f- understand because she really does call the police because they really show up. Yeah, and uh, I didn't quite understand that. That was just exists to fake the audience out. It doesn't make any logical sense for her to do that. But yeah, I, I, I agree there. That was kind of silly. Uh, another <laughs> positive: the the use of music. Oh man, oh, dude. Well. Yeah, I, I did want to talk about some of the positive things. So, yeah, let's start with that.
1: Uh, cool uh, ancillary music, uh, cool usage of Dead Kennedys and the Cramps. Uh, yeah, the nice. new music created by Carpenter and his son was really good. Uh, I, I, I ordered the soundtrack. I, I had. I now have all three on, on orange vinyl. Uh, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills nice. and Halloween Ends. Just, you know, yeah. Um, In particular, I felt, this time around, uh, really good music.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely, man. I was all about the cramp song. You know, I was a teenage Mm. werewolf. You know, it's a great song.
2: Yeah, this movie tonally has a lot more in common with David Gordon Green's older films. Like, when he was just starting out as the, and everyone called him the next Terrence Malick. You know, he was making films like All the Real Girls, George Washington Mm. Snow Angels, which is about a small town, and well, something—it's something, a great movie. I've seen uh, this this reminded me of that, like sort of like reminded me of his early greatness and what a really good director this guy awesome. is. Um, and uh, yeah, the music choices were great. I think we get more of Haddonfield in this movie than you've seen in any other Halloween movie, where it, it feels like a, a a real town, and Green is really good at capturing that. Uh, I wanted more of that in the, his 2018 Halloween. Uh, So it was good to see it here. You know, Haddonfield uh, feels real. I even wrote down Haddonfield has a huddle house. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I I assume they filmed this somewhere in the South, Um, but yeah, it feels like a real small town. You know, you've never seen that stuff before, you know, the grocery store and uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I liked it that he finally brought that element to it where Haddonfield, I know it's generic to say, but like the town felt more a part of the story, a more of a character, more important. I think
1: so, I would agree. They did show yeah. a lot of it. There's a lot of traveling. There's a lot a, a lot of sets, a lot of different, you know,
2: uh, v- visuals. Um, and a lot of it takes place during the, during the day. You yeah, see a lot of, yeah.
0: Yeah, so similar to the original, similar to the first Halloween.
2: Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, um, is this a better movie,
1: full stop, than Halloween Kills? Yes or no? Uh,
2: yes,
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. Yes, on my end too. Hmm.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, it is. Um, I, go on. No, I. They took like they took some some big swings They didn't all connect, but it feels like uh, Halloween Kills is just a mess. It, it really feels <laughs> rudderless. And just like well, yeah, we'll a bunch of kills, and we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll throw it together in editing. Uh, this movie took and felt like they took that B story from Kills and made it the A story, you know, because it had like the subplot of uh, the the other killer running around loose and the mom mentality, and and in this movie they flipped it where like that, like the the side character is the main character, and Michael Myers is the background character. But it, it's a, I think it's a better crafted movie with better it. Not the ideas don't totally work for me, but at least there's something there. They're they're going for something, and I didn't feel that in, in kills at all. Like I thought kills was just stupid. Uh, <laughs> "Evil Dies Tonight" uh, was just <laughs> It
1: still makes me laugh to this day.
2: I yeah, still, I yeah. still chuckle about it. Yeah. You know, forty years ago, you, you know, "Evil Dies Tonight." That that's all I got out of that. There were some <laughs> inventive kills, but like, who cares? This is, I think, a. Uh, uh, a real movie, at least, like there's a, it looks good. It there's a, a lot of thought that went into it. More layered, not not on yeah, more layered, more themes, more interesting themes. Uh, they don't all work, but they tried for something, and that to me is far more applaudable than just the the laziness of kills. Uh, my kill. Do you agree or disagree?
0: Yeah, this is definitely a, a, an actual movie. Like when, yeah. when I heard there was going to be a third, I was like, how what's further. Can you sink after Kills? <laughs> kills, I thought, was a fucking atrocity, man. You know what I mean? And like, But this one redeemed, redeemed itself to me. And, you know, like I said, there was, like, a lot of good stuff in here, you know, and a lot of potential. And my, like, um feeling is that they missed a lot of opportunities to make a really cool story, satisfying yeah. story. And we're playing within, they were coloring within the lines too much on this, especially since it's, you know, he was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go in their own direction. But he kind of didn't. You know, kind of borrowed from past films and didn't really expand the mythology any any at all. You know?
2: Yeah, it's sort the, of uh, like. I'm sorry, Jeff. I was going to say the Mike's point. It's like they went out really, really far. Like they're swimming out really far and then realized they've gone out too far and swam back to to shore. That's what this yeah. movie like, felt like. Like. took some big swings but then they go back to that safety net of 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 what people want and i thought that was uh that's a mistake
1: a bit of a a jump in the cold water only to get right out of the pool to a degree yeah exactly Um, sure but the this the the social media uh hate on this in my opinion (laughs) like trumps the social media hate for halloween kills like there's just been this visceral reaction But mark my words, you guys and listeners, as you're hearing this, I think time will be kinder to this movie, much like time has been kinder to Rob Zombie's two Halloween
2: movies. How about that? I disagree with the Rob Zombie part. Uh, (laughs) Totally totally agree with you. I have it written down. Like I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think uh, will time be kind to this movie like? the original halloween three uh yes when that came out people fucking hated it and now it's considered a classic and once we get like eight or nine more halloween movies after this because they're going to be out there's going to be a sequel to this a remake to this the whole whole, though we haven't seen the last of michael myers So in maybe 10, 20 years, I think this might be seen as one of the better sequels, whereas now people hate it. But I think time is going to be good to this movie.
0: I agree. I totally agree. You know, and uh, it's almost like Batman. You know, how like, there's all these different, you know, eras, like all these alternative takes on Batman that happen. You know what I mean? Like there's like, you know, the long Halloween, you know, there's all these different, Creator visions of that character, and that's almost what's going on with Michael Myers, whereas like Rob Zombie did his thing, David Gordon Green did his thing, Carpenter had his stab at it. You got those Frenchmen that made those movies. Like, you know, it's like all this, like uh you know, all, all these different flavors around the character, you know.
1: Yeah, all well, the, the timelines, there's like four or five fucking Halloween timelines, you know. It's uh yeah. yeah
2: it is literally uh choose your own adventure and uh yeah it's a crazy series i'll I'll give it that
1: uh yeah budget of 20 somewhere between 20 and 30 million box office just hovering at about 70 million which is pretty good considering most of the people we know saw this on their television you know
2: i did yeah 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 me too
0: I saw um, I saw it streaming too. I didn't yeah. I wanted to see another theater but I just couldn't
1: get it together.
2: Get it together, Mike. Come on,
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> listeners, we are I mean drowning in in horror con- content. Jeff's favorite word. Um there's just there's <laughs> there's a lot out there on the theatrical front and on the streaming front, on the television front. I mean, 2022 is a historic horror year. Gentlemen, it has come down to the nitty-gritty. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, I want to hear from you first. On our Necromaniac scale of one to five, what do you give
2: Halloween uh, you know, Kills? After a second viewing and after talking to you guys, right now, it's a two and a half. Hmm. Uh, well, we're, when I first watched it, it was like I, I, I absolutely hated it. But it stayed with me. And I thought about it a lot. And on second viewing, there's things uh, I did like about it, which made the things I don't like about it more frustrating. I think there's a really, there's, there's great ideas. Um, but they, they just don't quite connect the way I wanted them to. I don't think we needed two more Halloween movies after 2018. We got that great showdown in 2018 mm-hmm. between the two of them. I think they put all their ideas into that basket and didn't know where to take this, um, which led to this where they took some huge swings. I really think if you removed any Halloween aspect from this movie and fleshed out Corey and the daughter and and everything, you would have a much more interesting David Gordon Green-esque film. Um, like if time will be kind to it maybe my rating will go up over time it certainly won't go down mm, yeah uh, yeah i I understand the fans uh the fans are very uh they can be a fickle bunch they feel some feel entitled to something um but uh, I understand why they didn't like it it's not what anyone was expecting it's not what uh, the, the 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 trailers promised but it's commendable for. For, for, for trying something new I, I i trying something new is almost never a bad thing
1: right Mr Hill so. mm. my my um
0: upon second watching second review i my, my score went up to 3.5 actually
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah a lot of stuff I liked about it uh there's a, a loss of focus in the film I think that myers should have just been a concept you know what i mean mm-hmm. they should have just been an idea and then and uh Corey could have just become the new shape you know what i mean right yeah and uh and that that would have been infinitely more satisfying than what they did with this uh movie but still in all i second time around i enjoyed it more than the first time
1: and that's what yeah. made me increase my score nice. All right. um for myself um uh, on a first immediate viewing, and I, I even took to my, my Facebook page to proclaim, yeah, this isn't as bad as as, as a lot of the, the hate and the heat as it's getting. Uh I did enjoy it on the first viewing. Uh I watched I watched about half of it again, actually. Uh and 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 I will probably give it another full viewing. Uh my initial landing was a three, but it is a 3.5, actually. Oh. Um I I enjoyed it. I think it, it took the swing, and in some areas it, it was a, mi- a miss. In some areas it was a hit. Um, mm. I think if, like we have mentioned, if you literally remove the word Halloween from this, you remove Michael Myers, right? You you even remove Laurie Schroed. There's a cool Halloween killer movie about Corey with his same beginning. And meeting a girl, just like a girl he met, who ha- had a damaged background. And then they kind of got, like, there's a whole thing going on. And it was yeah. a good thing. And it was a good idea, actually. Great. But it's a part of Halloween. It's it's contained in a box. It's in a Halloween movie. It is what it is. Corey's fucking dead. So, eh, a, a bit of a, a, of a bummer and a conundrum there. However, I did like how it ended. I liked the score. I liked how it looked. Uh, and, and that is why I landed on a when three point five.
2: When do you think the next Michael Myers movie is gonna? I,
1: uh, I would. Say, oh, he froze up. Yeah. Uh, where do you? Five years, about five years from now. I think it time to give years. it a rest. About five years. Um, I don't know where it's gonna go though, but uh, uh, it might do a complete. Do over is what it might do. Um, like another, just re- remake. It it might, uh, and we might have a fourth movie called Halloween. Uh, maybe, <laughs> but oh man, to further um,
2: confuse the timeline, <laughs> the the, uh, the whole thing. Yeah,
1: if Jamie Lee Curtis is not involved, Green is not involved. It, it is owned by the Akkad family. They they can do as they wish. I do think it needs times to time to breathe. Uh, it has to be I think maybe again shot in the dark five years time it could be longer though um <laughs> it could be shorter but I, I think this needs time to chill out because Halloween is literally the biggest horror franchise of all time so that dictates the fact that we're gonna get another movie actually that that's that's just how the, you know, oh uh, it, yeah it
2: works. For yeah. for sure, I agree. It needs some time, like much like when Joel Schumacher sort of like you know the the fan outrage from his Batman. Yeah, Batman needed to go away for a little while, give people some 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 time to forget, uh, and mm-hmm. and then bring it back. So yeah, I I agree. I I, I see that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to abandon the whole this whole David Gordon Green's lore, and they'll just go there their own way that's what I, I i see yeah
1: yeah it's money on the table it can only be left there for for so long unfortunately yeah
2: yeah the, these characters from the the 70s and 80s they're going to exist for our entire lifetimes. we're going to see new freddies jason's all they're known, hellraiser uh as long as they're interested in it if there's interest in it people will, will keep making and remaking the, these movies yeah
1: look at the wonderful Leatherface we got Oh gosh! Oh man!
2: Yeah. <laughs> still my worst movie of the year, I think. No, oh, no, no. Wow. Dash, dash can still so <laughs> <Yeah>. that... <laughs> Second worst movie. Oh
1: boy, I, I still have not seen that yet, but I want to just because it apparently is so bad. I just want to see it. Uh, but we're, we're inundated with things that are apparently worthy of seeing. That you know. I don't even have the time to see something for shits and giggles at this point. It's all, Mm. it's, it's literally all tying into the fucking podcast. Um, But uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean uh, you know, this was uh, a lot of fun gentlemen, but we will reconvene again uh, with the three of us for the, for the year end, which uh, we got to give it like a, that full year because there's a lot of surprises that seem
2: to happen at the end of the year. huh? Oh yeah, definitely, man. That's going to be a good one. There's five films I haven't even seen yet that could seem like they could potentially be my top five. That, that's how mm. stacked to, to, uh, 2022 is for, for horror. And I've seen some really great stuff this year already, too. Awesome.
0: Well, that's Halloween, guys. And uh, thanks for listening and hope everyone enjoys their Halloween. And yes. we'll talk to you guys next week. Take care. Take care, everybody. Bye, guys. <gasps>
2: Yeah!